In the midst of a hard time right now, here's something to keep in mind. The situation you're going through right now is not going to last forever. The difficulty that's overwhelming you, you will get through this. I don't know when, but I do know this. You're going to make it through. God is going to get you through this. You're going to make it through. God is going to finish what he started. Didn't we learn that? I love that. What he started, he's going to complete it. This is amazing grace. Well, maybe like the people we'll hear about today, you're really struggling. You've been hit with one trial after another, and it doesn't seem to be letting up. Well, today's Abounding Grace is just for you. You're about to receive a good reminder about how valuable you are to God. You've been purchased with the precious blood of Christ. And that's good to recall when times are tough. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor in 1 Peter. Would you please take your Bibles and open them? Well, if you want, you can open them to a few places. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1. We're also going to look at Leviticus chapter 11. And then we'll also look at Acts chapter 10. So if you want to get ahead in certain places, 1 Peter chapter 1, Leviticus 11, Acts chapter 10, and a Bible study that I've entitled, The Valuable Blood of Jesus Christ. Pastor Peter here is reminding us of the importance of being ready and the importance of being protected, having our minds secured, resting our hope fully upon the grace that's to be revealed. He's taught us that holiness is important. For those that are going through trials and difficulties, those that are facing great challenges, holiness is important. Now, don't let holiness be a scary word to you, but an encouragement to live in the added strength of Jesus, set apart and useful. Remember the word holy means to be set apart for a specific use. And what made something holy in the old covenant? Something that was sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. What makes something holy in the new covenant? To be set apart by the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of the sacrifice. The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Now notice in 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's pick up where we left off. Well really by way of, of review. Verse 13. Where he says, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. And rest your hope fully upon the grace that's to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming ourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. And here's the key. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Now this is a direct quotation if you want to go with me to Leviticus chapter 11 verse 44. Leviticus chapter 11 verse 44, where the children of Israel in the old covenant are being taught how to worship God. What is commanded and what is accepted. Notice in verse 44, for I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore, there's that word again, sanctify yourselves. Or again, you can write next to it, set yourselves apart. That you shall be holy for I am holy. 
And neither shall you defy yourselves. And he goes on because these are dietary rules with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth to which we say, amen. Not interested in eating creepy things that creep on the earth. But the holiness is the idea of setting yourself apart. We're reminded, and when you think of holiness, you're reminded of this. Our outward life and our inward life must be pleasing to God. Our outward life, what other people see in our lives, must match our inward life. But even more, Peter received a personal lesson about clean animals and how the Lord sees humanity. Now go with me to Acts chapter 10. Remember, Peter is writing this letter. He's writing with his pastoral care. I believe the letters are an outgrowth of Peter obeying Jesus when he said, feed my lambs, tend my lambs, take care of them. So here he is writing out this letter to hurting, scattered believers, taking care of them. And you'll remember early on, after the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus, Peter came to face his own prejudices. And it's a time, you, you and I, we need to look in the mirror and face our own prejudices and answer to them and let the Holy Spirit reveal them and change them. And that's where Peter is. Notice with me in verse 9 of Acts chapter 10. The next day as they were on their journey and drew near to the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened in an object like a great sheet bound at four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things. Didn't Leviticus just say? Be holy and not. Don't eat creeping things. So here he is. He's got this vision. He's a born-again believer. He's in the new covenant. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses him. And now he gets this vision and sees these creepy things in the birds of the air. And a voice came to him, verse 13, said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Not so, Lord. Let me just pause there for a second and say, those words don't go together. Not so, Lord. Those are inconsistent. You can say, not so friend. You can say, not so wife, not so husband. But you can't say, not so Lord. Jesus is either the Lord of your life or he's not. And when he gives direction, when he gives instruction, our response is, yes, Lord. Not so, Lord. So Peter, he's in this trance. He sees these things and he says, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And all voice spoke to him again the second time, saying, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. And Peter had this thing, having needed things, told him three times. Notice verse 16. This was done three times. Some of you are three-timers. You just needed to said to you three times. Some of you are ten-timers. Some of you, we are time after time after time after time after time. But aren't you glad that God will take as many times as necessary for you to get what he wants you to get? If it's three times, you might be frustrated and flustered, but think of the three times repetition of God as his love for you. And if it takes three times, he'll give it to you three times. If it takes 10 times, he'll give it to you 10 times. But the whole point is, is that you get it and you understand it. And so the object was then taken up into heaven again. Peter, he's praying. And as he's praying, the sheet comes down and it comes against the teachings of the old covenant filled with animals that were declared to be unclean. And as he hears the command to get up and kill those animals and eat them, he has permission 
from this voice from heaven. He has permission. You'll notice the translators in verse 13 uh, in your Bibles that have red letters. You'll notice they translated them in red letters to reveal to us that this was a voice from God. That he's receiving permission to change. God has changed. He, through progressive revelation, he has changed. A lot of times, you're resisting change, even when God has told you or given you permission to change. You're just resisting change. And like Peter here, you're just like Peter. God has given permission maybe to the leaders of your church. God has given permission perhaps to an overseer of your ministry. God has even told you to do something. And you go, no, I resist. I'm not moving. And yet God wants you to change. He wants you to go with the flow. He wants you to move forward. We're not ministering like we were 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago. I mean, I wasn't even ministering 50 years ago, so I don't even know what that is. There's time for change. You got to go with the flow. And here you might be resisting. No, I don't want to. That's basically what Peter, no. No, I have an understanding and I'm stuck in my understanding. And I'm not open to new revelation. So three times he had to tell him, no, what God has called and cleansed. What he has cleansed, you, verse 15, must not call common. And the whole scenario is preparing Peter because the church would be more, will be filled more with Gentiles than with Jews very soon. See, this wasn't about animals at all. It was about God doing a fresh work among the Gentiles in salvation. It was about God using Peter to reach a people that he wasn't really thinking of reaching. It was about God doing a new work in Peter's life. But it started with a little dream, a little trance. It started with something little. Are you going to be faithful with something little? Not so, Lord. No, 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 Peter. It's not going to work that way. No, you don't understand. I have declared those animals clean. You have permission to eat them. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses those foods. And you have freedom now to eat them. This is a lesson in the cleanliness, not of animals, but of people. And it was trying to change Peter's perspective. As you know, Bible students, you know, back even in Galatians, Peter was still wrestling with this prejudice toward the Gentiles. He was still wrestling with viewing Gentiles differently than viewing Jews. And what he's teaching Peter is the church is bigger than you, Peter. The church is bigger than your narrow view. The church is bigger than the Jewish nation. In reality, Peter, as you see these animals, what I'm declaring to you, when it comes to the Gentiles, if I've declared them clean, then you accept them as clean. You, you receive them. Jesus died for them too. And it's by the blood of Jesus Christ that animals are made clean, but also people are made clean. They're made holy. They're set apart. And Peter had to learn this lesson. I wonder how many listening to me right now still need to learn the lesson of racial prejudice and what a sin it is. I, I literally have heard over the years, and even in the last six months, I've heard people look me in the eye and go, there's no, there's no such thing as pre prejudice. There's no such thing as racism. And I have to ask, what world do you live in? Racism has been with us from the beginning of time, judging people for outwardly. It's been with us judging people by the color of their skin or the language that they speak or where they live or how much money they have or what do you mean? And for the believer, you can hear heaven saying, what I've called clean, don't you call unclean. And you're not greater than God. And Peter, he had to learn that lesson. He had to learn how the Lord, when he calls something clean or holy, set apart for his use, 
what's our response but to receive them, welcome them, or as we were praying of who the whole family of God is named after, Jesus Christ. So good. So good what God wants to do among us in cleansing us and making us holy day by day. We get stuck sometimes by just viewing holiness as our outward behavior. But our holiness began when we were born again. God's setting us apart. We're different now. We're new creations in Christ. We're seeing the world differently. We're seeing people differently. We're seeing life differently. We've been awakened spiritually. It's so encouraging. So with that in mind, come back now into the section we're looking at here in verse 16, remember, of chapter 1 of Peter, because it is written, Be holy as I am holy. And now, verse 17, If you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout your time of your sojourning here in fear. Remember, sojourning gives us the picture of we're just passing through. The situation you're going through right now is not going to last forever. The difficulty that's overwhelming you, you will get through this. We are just putting the final touches on a little pamphlet I put together that we entitled something like, you'll make it through. Because that's the word you need to remember in the midst of a trial, in the midst of a difficulty, in the middle of things that are outside of your control. I don't know when, but I do know this. You're going to make it through. God is going to get you through this. You're going to make it through. God is going to finish what he started. Didn't we learn that? I love that. What he started, he's going to complete it. And one day we'll stand before the Father and answer for our lives. And if you hear today, verse 17, call on the Father who gives us the example. You know, you have to think that Peter has chapter 10. I mean, he didn't know it was chapter 10. But this episode in his life, in the back of his mind, that's what this exactly sounds like, Acts chapter 10. You have to think that this was the transformative time in his life toward people where he says, you know, God doesn't judge. He judges without partiality. Well, prove it to me, Peter. Man, I got this crazy vision. Uh, Luke wrote it down. It's read Luke's writings in the book of Acts. Read those writings Luke wrote down because he copied the vision. I told him all about it. It was a first hand. And God tripped me out, man, because he put this sheet in my dream and all these animals. He told me to eat. And I said, no, I'm a good Jewish boy. I don't eat. And God said, no, because what I call clean, don't you ever call unclean. And I believe that's just a word from the Lord for someone. What God calls clean, you don't have permission to call unclean. You're not the final judge of someone's life. You're not the final judge of someone's ending. You know, it might not look good right now, but it's not over yet. It may not look so pretty right now, but it's not over yet. And you can pray for God to give you that impartial view toward people. It says, conduct yourselves throughout your sojourning. You're just passing through. And you need to do so with the fear of the Lord. One of the greatest hindrances to your relationship with God is a lack of the fear of the Lord. Just a lack, just not even thinking about fearing God and His holiness. We, we love the picture of God. We love the picture of a loving, gentle, caring, personal relationship with God. I love it. I think it's a great way to relate to the Father. But remember, a loving Father disciplines His children. Sometimes at the hands of a loving Father comes pain in order to teach us what it is to follow Him. Remember, we'll get to this in a future study in Hebrews 12, but it says, have you forgotten the exhortation? This is Hebrews 12, 5, that speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. 
along with a healthy reverence and an awesome fear of God, comes a holy life, caring what God thinks more than what you think. Not, not a, you know, a fear where you're running away from Him, not a fear where you're afraid of Him, where you don't want to draw near, but rather a holy reverence and fear, wisdom and strength and an understanding of who He is, knowing that your Father disciplines you. We have that motivation to cultivate an attitude of godly fear, As one commentator said, it's not the cringing fear of a slave before his master, but rather the loving reverence of a child before his dad. Notice verse 18. Again, speaking to those that are struggling, Peter says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by the traditions of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish, and without spot. Just consider for a moment, you guys watching online, listening on the radio, I want you to consider for a moment just how valuable you are. You were purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. You weren't purchased with money or with gold or with Bitcoin or with stock certificates. You weren't purchased with some kind of trade agreement like baseball cards. I'll give you two of her or one of you. You were purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's good to remember that when times are tough and you think that God has forsaken you. God places a great value and worth upon your life. No, not a great value and worth, the highest value and worth upon your life. You born again brother and sister today. The blood of Jesus Christ, there's nothing more precious. There's nothing more costly There's nothing of higher value than the blood of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, those that would be receiving this letter would immediately know, this this would evoke in their hearts and minds, would immediately evoke the thought of the current condition of their culture, which was filled with slaves. Over 60 million slaves were in Rome, it's estimated at this time of the writing of 1 Peter. And it was possible to purchase a slave's freedom. It was possible not only to purchase, unfortunately, a slave to serve you, but it was also also possible to purchase a slave and give him or her freedom. You were in slavery to sin. You're aimless. Did you notice that? He described your life before Christ as aimless. Paul does the same thing when he writes to the Ephesian church. Aimless. This is nowhere. You're just going nowhere. You're just having, you're you're like in a GPS and Siri, whoever's just in a constant redirect, 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 redirect. You're like, what is going on? Where am I? And where am I going? You got to pull over, reset everything, aimless. And the strange thing about aimless, our aimless conduct before we were saved is that we actually thought we were making progress. We actually thought we were getting somewhere. We actually thought with every raise, oh, I hit a target. With every person we go, oh, I hit a target. With, with every goal that we would meet, we were thinking, man, I was, I'm doing it. Look at me, I'm doing it. But the Bible says, apart from Christ, that raise, that promotion, that responsibility is going nowhere. That true meaning comes to your life and mine by the blood of Jesus Christ. Then it makes sense. Then you know that when you receive a raise, it's so that you might give more unto the cause of Jesus Christ. So you know that when you're given a promotion, God has entrusted you more people to care for, not to boss around. 
that, you know, when God entrusts more to you, it's for his purposes. Now there's a purpose, no longer aimless. You have a target, and that's eternity. And he's saying, you know, because when, I, I also understand that when you're going through a trial, it feels like you're making no progress. It feels like life has stopped and stalled. And it begins to feel like, well, maybe I'm just going back to my aimless ways. And then, of course, for those of you that couldn't resist temptation and during a great trial or being scattered like these, you, you start drinking again. And then it really feels aimless. You might pick up an old drug habit. You might go back to a bad relationship. You, you may find yourself, you know, angry or clubbing again or whatever it is that, and you start going backwards and then you really begin to, and now you're a believer rebelling against what you know to be true and like it's just overwhelming and Peter's saying look if that's you and you're just out of control like you are no longer in that aimless life it's time to come back to holiness and repent remember the Lord high and lifted up remember that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom the beginning of knowledge your problem is not your trial listen your problem is not the trial and what they're doing to you and how they're treating you and all that. That's not your problem. Your problem is you lack the fear of the Lord. That's your problem. Your eyes are not on the Lord. You've stopped running your race. And when you no longer fear the Lord, then you're open to all kinds of sinful temptations and quite frankly, stupid decisions that only make things worse and not better. You weren't bought out of slavery to sin with coins or dollar bills or Bitcoin, but with the highly esteemed blood of the Lamb. There are not enough coins and money. They can't print enough money in the world forever and a day to pay the price for the forgiveness of your sins and the deliverance of your soul. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can forgive you and deliver you from your sins. That's it. You know, our world has a standard of value. It's measured in the almighty dollar. That seems to be very, very important for many people. Not just to live on it, not just to make it do, not just to have a little extra for some special things, but, but like people live for the dollar and they die for the dollar and they give up their marriages for the dollar and they let the world raise their kids for the dollar. That's how the world measures things. Money, money, money. The more money you make, the more valuable you are. The world has said, this is what we'll value. And you know as well as I do in some of, some of your professions, the dollar amount of what you make can make the difference between the respect you have in the board meeting. <laughs> it, it can make the difference between your, not, maybe not even the dollar value, maybe just your title has, makes all the difference in the world <laughs> of how you're viewed by your peers. Because that's a different value system. But Jesus, he tells Peter, and he tells us again today, and Peter reminds us, Jesus, God says, what I call clean, don't you call unclean. Everybody's clean the same way, equal at the foot of the cross, by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
Well, we've been in the book of 1 Peter today on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is leading us verse by verse through the book. To hear today's study again, just visit our website. It's AboundingGraceRadio.com. And there you'll find our podcast, also Pastor Ed's blog, our recent radio programs, a place to contact us, and even donate to the ministry as the Lord leads. That's all at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another way to grow on the go is to download our free app. Do a search for Ed Taylor and listen to Pastor Ed when it's most convenient for you. This month, we picked out a book that we think you'll enjoy. It would even make a great gift or a stocking stuffer. It's The Case for Christmas by Lee Strobel. Sort of like a journalist, Lee Strobel investigates the identity of the child in the manger, focusing on the hows and whys of Christmas. It'll serve to reaffirm your faith and to help seekers pursue solid answers about the first coming of Christ. We'll send it your way when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Now, please remember, this radio ministry is made possible through the generous support of listeners like you. And we'd appreciate it if you'd remember us in your year-end giving to the Lord. To request the case for Christmas, please call toll-free 877-30-GRACE or visit us online at calvaryco.store. That's calvaryco.store. Well, we're glad you've taken time out for our study in 1 Peter, and we'll pick up where we left off next time we get together on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.